Welcome back. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about a New Jersey truck driver winning the Senate race, a Colorado hospital refusing to do organ transplants for unvaccinated patients, a new super cold, and a pre-COVID study on online dating. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody, And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. Okay, so let's start off with, I think this is my favorite story of all time, honestly. I, I can't imagine a funnier story happening. Like, we, we live in the craziest timeline, and uh, it, this happened ever since they killed that gorilla. Um, but what <laughs> happened... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know you right, Har- Harambe. Harambe, yes. Ever Harambe. since, uh, ever since they killed Harambe, we've been transported to the dark timeline, the darkest timeline where everything is going wrong and nothing makes sense. But even in the darkest timeline where nothing makes sense, there are these moments of true beauty, like what happened in New Jersey. Now, New Jersey, um, for anyone who doesn't know, is a blue state. That means it is. It's very hard for Republicans to get a footing in there. That being said, this is why this story is so funny. New Jersey truck driver wins the state Senate race with $153 spent on his campaign, 67 of which were spent on Dunkin' Donuts. So uh, if you want to hear about a story that warms your heart, this is it. It's a very heartwarming story about a truck driver who beat all odds and defeated the Democrat incumbent, who is the president of the state Senate. So he's not running for, he was not running for federal office. He was running for his state Senate. And he competed against this character. Let's just, I, I forget his name, bloody name, uh, something Sweeney. Um, so state Senate President Stephen Sweeney, one of New Jersey's most powerful Democrats, has lost his reelection bid to a little known trucker, according to a call of the race Thursday by the Associated Press. But the apparent winner, Edward Durr, declined to declare victory Thursday. Um, but this is already an old article. It's already going around that he won. So this is for senator, correct? Uh, yes, but state Senate, not federal Senate. So he's not going to be one of two senators sent by the state of New Jersey to represent New Jersey in the in the Senate. You know, oh. D.C., he's, he's going to be in Trenton. I did not know that was a thing. Well, yeah, we difference? have. Uh, well, the difference is, is that. Just as there's a federal government, there's also state government and state government also has lower houses and upper houses. I don't exactly know how it works in New Jersey, because quite frankly, it doesn't matter. New Jersey is going to be blue and do silly things no matter what I know about that place. But that being said, uh, this guy ran for his state Senate and he won on less than $10,000. Now, the, the story that's going around, of course, and I do have to dispel some fake news. Uh, or at least what I'm being told is fake news, that he won on $153. But the story that's going around is that he won on $153. That, of course, is an exaggeration. He actually is saying that he won on a budget between $5,000 and $10,000. But that's still very impressive, considering that New Jersey, that uh, in New Jersey, the Democrats really do have a run of the place. That's just how it is. New Jersey is one of these blue states that really has not seen a Republican governor, actually since Christie, but New Jersey's weird. There's like a there was a whole thing about how, you know, they they always tend to vote in people that are not the party of the president. So for example, when I think Christie was elected, I think uh I think Bill Clinton It was Obama. No, it was Obama, yeah, Obama. So he was uh he was the governor when Obama was the president, but typically New Jersey's a very blue state. And so the the Republican the National Republican Party is very uh I guess stingy with the money because they'd rather invest that money in 
races that are easier to win, such as in, you know, purple states or red states. I'm kind of surprised that he won. I mean, putting putting aside that whether he used that much money or not, I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of irrelevant. The fact that he won, considering that it is a blue state and considering that Phil Murphy won governor, I'm just wondering how that happened. So Phil Murphy won, but not by very much. And if you were actually paying attention to the election, now I, I, I don't really now like full disclosure, I was not really invested in what was going on in New Jersey simply because I'm in Israel. And even if I move back to the States, I'm not moving to New Jersey. I'm going to be going down to Florida where, you know, we have Ron DeSantis as the uh, God King of Florida. So he, he, I want him to rule over me. I don't want Phil Murphy. Uh, but even, even the Republicans in New Jersey, they're kind of, kind of milk toast Republic. They don't, they don't get it. And I, I think that's, uh, I think that's because they, I don't know they're more corporate you know if you live in new jersey new york you're you're just a more corporate person you you deal with new york you're not really dealing with uh regular people or at least not as much but you know maybe i'm just regular maybe people? i'm just what i mean what do you i don't know what you mean by that but all right no i, just, I mean like uh you know the 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 salt of the earth types i think new jersey is a lot more uh you get a lot more of these highfalutin executive types people and they're much more likely to vote blue that's just how it is um, but all right. So back to this um, Senate race. So what um, were what your thoughts on it? Well, number one, this is this is a great victory. This is a great victory because even though Mr. Chia Torelli, I, I don't know how to pronounce. I know it's a Italian name, so it's it's pronounced Chia Torelli, something like that. But uh, it's he, he didn't manage to win his race. He, he put up a damn good fight for someone who didn't even care that he was running. He put up a really damn good fight considering that he only lost by like, I think, I don't, the, the numbers, it was very, very close is what I'm saying. There was some shenanigans going on in Bergen County that I would love to see investigated. Apparently they, in Bergen County, they counted 100% of the votes and the Republican candidate actually had like 51% of the votes and the Democrat had 48% of the votes. And then the rest were distributed amongst uh, third parties. And then just in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, 40,000 votes came and they were all for Mr. Murphy. So uh, that's kind of sus, but whatever, regardless whether whether shenanigans happened or was some sort of counting error, he did put up a good fight. But this is this is actually a very good story because it shows that you don't even need that much money to upend the system. What he did was he literally was just, oh, I don't like the laws here. I'm I'm running for some change. Apparent. this is, I don't, I don't have an, I don't remember what article I saw. I think this, I saw this in a tweet. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But apparently he didn't like, he, he ran for office because he was denied a, a private carry license, which is actually the type of uh, activism I'd love to see from the little guy, right? If you don't like a law, go run for office and uh, change the law, right? And uh he did that. So that's good for him. That's good for that's good for the country to see that that's possible. But more importantly, it's good on a national level because it shows that, I mean, Virginia, say what you want about Virginia, it's still more south. It's not it's a blue state, but it was more up for grabs than people realize. New Jersey people don't see as up for grabs. They really don't. Yeah, which Especially is probably if- why people don't usually run, you know, even if they are the little guy, they probably don't usually run because they figure like, what's the point? Right. But even more importantly, I assume that during COVID, a lot of people who were sick of these lockdowns, they were sick of 
the government overreach, they left places like New Jersey to go down to Florida. So you have to imagine that for him to win, he he had to overcome the inflated number of Democrat voters. How many people do are we aware of that left New York, that left New Jersey, that left California, and they moved to places like Tennessee, Florida, Texas, places like that, to where they would be better represented by the local representatives already there. So red places became redder, bluer places became bluer, but it seems to be that despite all this, there were there were Republicans that were able to win important victories in New Jersey, a very, very blue state, right? So what does that say for the Biden administration? What does that say for Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives and even, you know, the Senate, right? Because in the Senate, as you know, it's the Senate is the only place where Republicans have any meaningful power. And even then it's kind of sus there as well. But as you may or may not know, there are two Democrat senators, uh, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, who even though they're Democrats, they, they're much more moderate and they, they have to respond in a much more measured way to a lot of these things. So there are always these kind of swing votes. But now if they see that even in New Jersey, you're not safe. Even in even New Jersey, you can have a, a, a machine politician be upended by a guy who spent 5000 to $10,000 on his campaign. That does not look good for Democrats. That is so bad for Democrats. And you're, I, I, I'm willing to bet that you are going to see the, the, just for your information, we were talking about the Build Back Better bill a couple of weeks ago. That actually passed through the House of Representatives. I have a feeling that that's not going to get past the Senate anymore. It's dead on arrival because there's no way that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are going to go and put their rear ends on the line. Uh, for for this bill after they see oh you know what happened to all these democrats oh they got thrown out of office they're they're now unemployed so uh, we better watch our rear ends if we want to stay where we are so that's what i that's how i see it i hope i'm right because this this would be very good if that were correct but uh, as you know life is a lot more complicated a lot more messy but uh, yeah but also like you said i mean appreciate i mean the guy won the state senate not federal so he can't do anything you know about that bill anyways he can't do anything about that bill but it's more about what people see the direction of the country going it's it's seeing where the people are right because you're right edward durr the guy who won the election the truck driver he has no impact on what goes on in uh, the federal government at least directly right he has no impact this is the state senate so he's going to be from what I understand, he's going to be leading the state Senate. But when Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema they see that this little nobody, I don't want to say he's a nobody because he's, he accomplished something, but comparatively, he's not, he's not like this big name. Can't, no one knew who he was, right? And he still managed to defeat the Democrat because Democrat bad, apparently, right? Even in New Jersey, people are like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get me away from these Democrats. I'm going to vote Republican now. So when you see that, right, they have to they have to assess, is it worth going along with Joe Biden's presidency, a presidency that is currently in the toilets in terms of rating? People do not like Joe Biden. Um, you know, first of all, just the, the whole let's go Brandon movement, like everyone is saying it, like that's just it's a meme at this point. Right. And the Biden administration, of course, is trying to reown the meme, but it's going to blow up in their faces because that's not how real life works. When people at football games and basketball games and NASCAR races, they're all chanting, let's go, Brandon, which means F Joe Biden. Right. You have to imagine that on some level they need to recognize that if they don't moderate, they will get their rear ends booted out of 
Congress, out of the Senate, out of even the presidency. Who's to say that the Democrat running in 2024 to replace Joe Biden is going to have an easy time simply because they know that right now Democrats are not popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's what I think. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. As a, as a famous politician once said, I'll be following his career with great interest. Uh, so that's uh, that's what we're doing here. Um, but I'm interested. But uh, but genuinely, I am interested to see what this guy is going to get done, because this is the type of you know can do attitude. This is the type of you know populism that really people were talking about. This is this is the type of thing that Trump and his presidency really represented. That. Anyone can do anything just because a guy is popular in politics or he's had a job for a long time doesn't mean that he can keep his job. It doesn't just because he's the incumbent doesn't mean he gets to win. And uh, and and that's very good for the country. I think it's very good for the country, ignoring partisan politics, even if it went the other way. It's very good for the people to see that their vote matters. And that's what I really wanted to see out of this election when I spoke about it two weeks ago. This this is what I really wanted to see. I really wanted to see that the people know, hey, if you vote in a Republican or a Democrat, it's not going to be decided based on, you know, who has the most connections. It's not going to be selected. You get to elect someone. You get to elect him or her, whatever it is. Right. You get to elect that person. And if that person gets the most votes, they get into office, you know, and uh, this is this is the ultimate thing, because. If this Stephen Sweeney guy, if he had that much power, he wouldn't have lost to this guy. He would have he would have fudged votes. He would have he would have gotten mail ins, you know, but he didn't get that. He he just lost. Right. Mm-hmm. So this this is very good for the country. I, I, I'm feeling very good right now. I know I have no business doing that, but this is a very good sign, in my opinion. And uh, I'm sure you have something to add. No, not really. I mean, I do. Uh, you you kind of mentioned my you already spoke about my thoughts on the matter, whether it has an effect on you know the system, you know, like a domino effect. Oh, from him being elected, it, you know, people are like, oh, watch out, or whether that comes true. It uh, I don't know. I don't know the future, but I think uh, yeah, it does matter that it's a good sign showing that your vote does matter. Um, that it is important you know, to go out and vote and get your voice heard. And like you did mention that, you know, the little guy can sometimes win even in a very blue state like New Jersey. And, you know, it could be uh, people moving out of the state, not moving out of the state. Uh, We don't know, but um, it's definitely an interesting turn of events. I will add is just a one last point. And then I do want to get to the next topic, which is COVID. Uh, I do want to, I guess, give as a former, well, I don't want to say former because my residence in the United States is still in New Jersey. As a fellow New Jerseyan, New Jerseyite, New Jersey Lonian, I don't know. New Jersey. From Jersey. Uh, I would like to, you know, the, that, that's the, that's how I, I'm an honor, I'm an honorary Italian because, you know, I, I grew up in New Jersey. So I'm an honor, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm basically Italian now. And uh, I, I, I will say this though. People from New Jersey, they do need to keep on this guy's rear end. This guy looks like he's the type of person to respond to what people say. So if you want change, you can't just say, okay, he won for the Senate. Now I trust him. No, you have to send him letters, tell him what you want to see, uh, especially if you're in his district. I don't know how the state Senate works over there, 
but you know, if you're represented by this guy, let him know what you want. Let him know what you think. Tell him what issues matter to you. Go protest. Go make a big deal about it. This is this is populist politics. If you want things to change in the state of New Jersey, you need to fight for it. Because especially because it's such an uphill battle, right? If you and now me personally, I I would leave even just because of the weather. I'm I'm just much more of a I like when the weather is fair most of the year. So New Jersey gets very cold, and I'm not bananas about that. But you know, if I was interested in staying in New Jersey, I would take this opportunity to go and get more involved in local politics to go and, and make sure this guy is dealing with the issues that I care about. So him specifically, from what I understand, he wanted uh, more gun rights in New Jersey. So if you want a gun in New Jersey, go and get on this guy's rear end and make sure he says what he's going to do. Make sure he goes and lowers your taxes and gives you the right to bear arms and all that stuff that you want, because this is now the Stephen Sweeney. He was not going to do that. He, he has a political party. He has interests that are beyond anything that you can deal with. Right. But this guy, he's a trucker. He spent $5,000, $10,000 on his campaign. Go tell him what you want. This is your chance. And, and if New Jersey continues to be blue, well, then at that, at that point, it's the people's fault. They just didn't care. But uh, here, you got a chance, uh, people from New Jersey. Go and, and, and go and difference. be the – Yeah, exactly. Make, like, I know it sounds cliche, but, yeah, make a difference. Hopefully, um, hopefully he'll be able to do that. And uh, best of luck to Mr. Durr and the rest of the Republicans that won, not only in New Jersey, but uh, all over the country. Best of luck to them. Hopefully, they will do some good things. I am uh, looking forward. Um, okay, so now let's talk about – two COVID things, I guess, two COVID uh, happenings going on right now. So this is a bit of an older article. And by older, I mean, it's, uh, it was last month. I've been meaning to talk about it for a while, but it's just, you know, the news is so fast and we only post once a week. So I do want to talk about this. A Colorado-based health system says it is denying organ transplants to patients not vaccinated against the coronavirus in almost all situations. Citing studies that show these patients are much more likely to die if they get COVID-19. Now, immediately we, we run into several problems. Number one, most of these people who need organ transplants probably don't have the immune, immune system necessary to take these vaccines. That's just, that's just the reality. Wait, what do you mean by that? So how do vaccines work, right? So vaccines work in that they're supposed to boost your immune system by in, by introducing uh, certain foreign uh, bodies into the body. Your body then produces white blood cells, fights the uh, intruder, and then essentially then knows how to fight it for next time. So this only works. The premise is that you, you need to have an immune system that's working for this to work, right? Well, but I don't think their immune system is that bad. I think they are capable of taking the vaccine. Not necessarily. That's that's just the reality. The reality is is that many I mean, of the unless they have like who, AIDS or something, I think you know. No, 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 Rody, you're just wrong. That's just not how it works. If you if you need an organ transplant, your immune system is probably pretty weak, and it probably won't benefit from the vaccine. And by the way, full disclosure, don't get your advice on whether to take a vaccine or not to take a vaccine from me or Rody or anybody else. Go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. Don't 
don't pay attention to the news. Don't do, go to your doctor, ask, you know, see if the COVID vaccine's right for you, as the old commercials would say. Uh, so, okay. So now that we, right. we, we, that we can give our opinion based, you know, we could give our opinion if we think you should take it, but you know, like you said, you know, go see a doctor. No, <laughs> no I don't, I don't even want to give my opinion. That's not, that's not my point, right? I'm personally, I'm not vaccinated, but I, I made the decision for myself based on the information that I have. Um, and yes, I did consult with a doctor um, and I decided against taking the vaccine. And I know that you did get the vaccine and that's fine. You, you got advice. You, and also you made your decisions, not purely a medical decision at this point. And everyone needs to, you know, need to make, needs to make the decision. And as Nicki Minaj, a great philosopher once said, you need to make the decision that you feel comfortable with and pray on it, you know? Uh, but that's that. So, but I'm not going to tell anyone to get the vaccine, not to get the vaccine. I'm just pointing out that there's a lot of people out there who need transplants who can't necessarily get the vaccine because people, some people who need organ transplants, many of them, they don't have the immune systems necessary to make the vaccine. And you know that, you know, precisely that that's the case. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if that's really the case. So for me to make that argument is I feel at least for me, I don't know enough information about immune systems and people that need transplants to make that assessment. Right. So again, like you, I'm not a doctor. I don't know these things. But that being said, this is what I've heard. A lot of people who who are on, you know, let's say you need a, a kidney transplant. Yeah, your immune system might be shot to hell like that. That's the entire point of a kidney transplant because your your immune system doesn't work without kidneys. Right. So you would need a kidney transplant. So if you need a kidney transplant, but you're unvaccinated, well, you, you can't now get the vaccine because the vaccine's not going to do anything for you. In fact, it will probably just kill you because you're you're introducing foreign, um, you're 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 introducing invaders into your body, and the the vaccine's not going to do anything for you. It's just you're just going to die because now you're you're essentially pumping yourself full of COVID, right? The vaccine works if you have an immune system. It's des it's designed to strengthen your immune system. But if your immune system's not working already, I mean, you're then not it actually help. introducing your body to COVID. You're it's like you're kind of tricking your body into producing uh, the antibodies to fight back COVID. That's basically what you're doing. Right. But you know what antibodies are? They're part of your immune system. And if your immune system is not working properly, you may not be able to produce the antibodies. So what are you going to do with that information? So like I said, I don't... The, the problem is, like I said, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the actual information, whether that's true or not. I don't know, you know, for for a kidney, the, the kidney makes uh, uh, the immune, which one makes the immune system? Um, There's a bunch of things. The body's not, many people take these, uh, many people take these biology classes and they think, oh, this one does this and this one does that. But the reality is a lot of body parts that we have do multiple things. So, you know, there's a bunch of things that strengthen our immune system, you know, and, and how I, to deal know, with I it. think even if you need a kidney transplant or other transplant, I think you are still capable of getting the vaccine. Um, I mean, you say that, but the reality is, is that this is what I read. And you, like you said, you're not a doctor. Right? You're right. Did you did you do the research? Did you know definitively that people who who need these transplants don't necessarily have it failing immune systems? Uh, no, I they... did not. So okay, so so but, that's, so that's... I'm so I'm having my argument on the assuming that 
first of all, I don't think these doctors or these, you know, these places that give transplants to patients, if that was the actual case, then obviously they would say, Hey, we would give you a transplant if you get, if you like, even if you're not vaccinated, because I mean, they're trained professionals that do this for a living and they would probably know if you are even capable of getting those vaccines before the transplant. So to say, hey, we're not going to give you a transplant unless you get the vaccine wouldn't make sense for them if that was the case. So obviously they know that you are capable of getting the vaccine and, you know, your immune system is is capable of handling the vaccine before the transplant, you know, it wouldn't make sense for them to, to do that. So for them to not give you permission to get the transplant before getting vaccinated wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. So to say that that's the case, I don't believe that that is the case. Well, the reality is, is, well, first of all, you're, you're forgetting two things. Number one, these people don't necessarily have purely your benefit in mind, which is to say that your individual, because that's how organizations work. Organizations work on many levels and they have many, many interests and they're not just about the patients. The same way that big corporations are not just about, you know, making a great product. They're about making money and, and doing lots of things. And, you know, what yes, but at the same the time, cons- I don't think there's so much out to get you that much. So that's where you and I disagree. And I look towards the past two years and many years before that, even I look back to it and I go, hmm, maybe these people don't care about me. And maybe these people have interests beyond what they say their interests are. My, my question to you is why do you trust these people? Trust is earned, not given. I don't necessarily trust these people. I mean, you're right, but you're right. I don't know all the doctors in the United States. There are probably a lot of I'm, doctors. I'm not and talking to say about that an individual th- doctor. This is not about an, indi- in, an individual doctor. Let's go back to the article for this for a second. The article didn't say a doctor. It said a Colorado-based health system. That's not a doctor. That's not a guy saying, oh, I'm not going to give you this transplant unless you do ABC. This is already bureaucracy. So is this, it, is, is this a public system or is this a private system? No, it's a private system, but private systems can be just as bureaucratic and nonsensical as public systems. Uh, it may be there. There may be a decision that's being made for political reasons, even if it's uh, even if it's a private company. For example, if maybe there's some sort of agreement between this Colorado-based healthcare system and the federal government, where the federal government is is going to withhold funds if they treat people who who didn't get the vaccine. What, what if that's the case, then the decision is not being made because of, uh, because they're being mean. It's just because they need the federal funding and uh, therefore they're going to do what the federal gov- the federal government wants from them. And I'm not even saying that that's the case. I'm just saying that could be a reason. Look, I don't think that's the reason when I first read this and I first saw the title, I was like, Oh, you know, how dare they deny people a transplant for not being vaccinated. Like, you know, these people needed to live. But then, you know, when I read the article further, you know, it kind of made sense in in terms of, you know, this line here where it says, citing studies that show these patients are much more likely to die if they get COVID-19, which is a very true statement. I mean, if you are immune compromised. But of course, that's a true statement. It's a true statement to say that you're much more likely to die if you've had a if you've had an organ transplant, regardless of COVID, people who get organ transplants, they need to take medication to make sure that their bodies uh, don't reject the organ. It You're actually right. lowers their immune system. So the reality is, is that they may not be able to get the vaccine at all, right? It's because again, like I said, 
vaccines work on your immune system. And if your immune system is shot to hell because you have a transplant that lowers your immunity to things, well, guess what? You can't take the vaccine. Well, you might have a higher chance of, you know, you might have a higher chance if you do get the, the vaccine. Then listen, we're, we're operating on chances, but that's not the that's not the when it comes to generality, you have to base it on on that. No, you don't. If someone is sick, comes to the hospital and says, I need something. The only reason you shouldn't do it for him is, number one, it's going to hurt him or number two, because you don't have it. Right. But OK, let me give you an example. Uh, this exactly. Is an example. You don't have it. They have hundreds of thousands of people waiting do you know how hard it is to get a match for for an organ transplant? They have a scarce resource, so obviously they have to pick and choose, you know, who's more likely to survive or with this organ transplant. And they're Dude, not going to give it, it. But I'm saying it doesn't matter because the the Why minute matter? you get that or, because the minute you get that organ transplant, your immune system is shot to hell anyways. Who well, cares? it was better than before. No, it's not. It's not. You were going to die without the trans without the transplant. And I would assume that, you know, your body, your immune system would get better. You know, you know, with if your body does, you know, accept the transplant, your body will. No, it doesn't immune- get better. You take meds your entire life for a transplant. OK, and those it's not your meds organ. help. They don't help with your immune system. They lower your immune system. So your body doesn't reject the organ. You your know that indefinitely. System- Yes, that is how these that's how these procedures work, right? When you get an organ transplant, you take meds to make sure that the body's immune system doesn't reject the organ. You have to do that. If you don't take those meds, your body will reject the organ and then you may not you yes, may as but you well can still not. build white blood cells and antibodies to at least fight back covid after the transplant. Who cares? Your immune system is still shot to hell anyways. Your your immune system even if you got the vaccine, who cares? Your, your immune system is not working at 100%. It doesn't matter if you have white blood cells. You may not be able to produce enough. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know these things 100%. But you're, you're saying that your immune system is working. I'm telling you that the drugs you take when you need to get an organ transplant specifically shoot your immune system in the foot so that you can have, I don't know, a heart, a kidney, a, a, whatever it is. Like I said, I'm so, not a doctor or I've never spoken to someone who who's had a transplant. So I... I'm basing it off the knowledge that I know. So I can't indefinitely say that that is accurate or that is true because I don't know. (laughs) Right. And it could be that I'm wrong, but this is the way I see it. This is, this is what I know. And what I know is number one, typically people who need organ transplants, their immune system is not doing well anyways. um, Because, you know, usually having an organ problem comes with a whole pot of issues. It could be that there are organs that you can get that, or organ transplants that you'll need that won't necessarily come with immune system problems, but a lot of them do just by the nature of what it is. People who are sick for many reasons, many times also have shot immune systems because their body is dealing with the fact that their organ is failing, right? That's a very difficult thing for the body to do. And so it's dealing with that thing. So your immune system is shot. That's, that's how you get a cold. When you get a cold, it's because your body is so busy dealing with the temperature that the immune system allows viruses more easily into the body. That's how it works. So, I mean, all right. I mean, whatever, we can agree to disagree, but getting back to the, I guess the other issue is whether they have the right to decide that or not. It says here, I'm looking at the article that 
they can, they're allowed to tell you to stop smoking and to stop drinking alcohol to, in order to be uh, a candidate for a transplant. So if they're allowed to do that, then I would think, Hey, they're allowed to tell someone, you know, in order to get transplant, you need to be vaccinated. Well, I mean, I see it a bit differently. I, I, I see it a bit differently and I'll, I'll tell you how I see it. Number one, if they're asking you not to smoke and they're asking you not to drink that they're telling you not to do things. Right. And that, that makes sense. They, for example, if you need to go into a surgery in the ER, they'll ask you not to eat. Right. They, they will ask you to refrain from certain activities. I remember when I needed to get my tonsils out, they asked me not to eat before the operation, which makes sense. But also in that situation, it's much more clear what the effects of drinking or eating or smoking or this or that has on the body. Remember, COVID is a very new thing. So when people say, oh, uh, you're more likely to die of an organ transplant if you have COVID compared to what? Getting an organ transplant is already a pretty dangerous and iffy kind of thing. It's not, it's not seamless. We didn't master it. You can die because you didn't take the meds or you can die because you did take the meds and you got sick from something else. It happens. People die. Right. So these statistics are like, OK, who decided this? Where did they get this statistic from? Do, do, what are the control groups? They don't have these numbers because COVID came out a year and a half ago. There's no bloody way they know all this stuff. You're right. But it even says here, says noted that transplant centers around the country may require patients to get other vaccinations, stop smoking and avoid alcohol or demonstrate that they will take crucial medications in an effort to ensure that people do well post-surgery and do not reject organs for which there is fierce competition. So it seems like they do have information on other vaccinations that have been a while for decades and decades. For example, maybe measles or, you know, the flu or chickenpox, all those vaccinations that you get when you're a kid. I mean, they can, you know, tell you, hey, you know, unless you get these vaccinations, we're not going to give you a transplant. So right. But even then, even then, those vaccines have a lot more clinical trial period. Remember, the COVID vaccine is having all of these side effects accompany it because it was expedited, which is fine, right? We, we had this disease. It was killing lots of people. So we got a vaccine out. And that's great for the people who want to take it. But you can't force someone to take a brand new medical procedure that hasn't gone through extensive testing, that doesn't have long-term testing, because that's literally impossible. And this idea that, oh, because this vaccine works, that vaccine works. It's like saying, oh, you know, I know Advil works, so therefore Motrin works. That's not how it works. They're two different drugs. They, they may accomplish similar things, but they, they don't work the same way. That's why some people won't take Advil. That's why some people won't take Motrin. That's why some people are allergic to this drug and not allergic to other drugs. They're different drugs. And so you're asking someone who needs an organ transplant to take this brand new medical procedure which was right? approved Rel- by the FDA. The, okay, but the FDA is also government. Well, why, why are you all of a sudden trusting the government? I don't, I don't understand that. It's not that I'm trusting the, the government per se, but I mean- they're... But you are. You're saying that it's approved by the FDA, so therefore it's good. I'm saying that that doesn't mean anything. There are many, many interests. Even if they are corrupt, I don't think everything needs to be corrupt to its core, like to like every fiber of its being. I mean, I do think there is some- say to you know obvious if if we were i mean if it, if they weren't trustworthy then we wouldn't uh we wouldn't be taking any uh drug that they uh, approved of 
Well, number one, there are plenty of people who don't trust them at all. That's number one. But number two, um, I'm not even making that argument. I'm saying that just because the FDA says something doesn't mean it's true. Just because the Trump administration or the Biden administration or the this person or the that person doesn't mean it's true. There's lots of leaks saying that a lot of this is motivated by money. Pfizer is paying lots of money to have their drugs forcibly injected into people. I mean, you're right. In the end of the day, it's always about money, but. <laughs> okay, so great. But a guy needs a transplant. You're really going to go and 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 force this new vaccine down someone into someone's arm just because they need a vaccine. Like that, that to me is the problem. You don't, I believe in choice yes. in this regard. I'm, I'm not, I also believe not, in choice, but you're not giving them a choice. It's not a real choice. You're saying, well, they could choose to get the vaccine and get what they want, or they can choose to not get the vaccine and then they can just die for a Well, It's the choice of the, the clinic. I would say then it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, freedom of like business. It's if I I'm assuming this is private. I, I mean, don't freedom know. Freedom of association, was, freedom of association. Yeah, I guess. But the, I mean, if this is private, then I would say, hey, yeah, it is their right to, you know, whether they can choose, hey, I'm whether to do business with this person or do business with that one. It's my, it's, you know, it's my business. I get to choose. It's my freedom. Why, why should you tell me who I can do business and not? If it's public, it's a very different story. But well, but assuming- remember, it's not. But remember, a lot of these companies. This is not like a mom and pop bakery run in you know, in the middle of nowhere, which by the way, also has non-discrimination laws, which you can't violate because there are greater principles at work here. But remember, if this company is getting any sort of federal money, then yes, they should need to benefit the public. Then they can't go and picking and choosing this way. That That's precisely the problem. You you think of the, the, the issue here is that you you have this opinion where if it's public, it's the government. And if it's private, it's this corporation. But many times these things work hand in hand. And so if if a private corporation is getting money from either a federal government or a state government or even a local government, well, don't they have some responsibility to the people? Don't they have some responsibility to not discriminate? Don't they have some responsibility to to not do this? I, I don't understand. You, you can't, if we don't have much choice in terms of who gets our money because the federal government just gives out money, right? At the very least, if a company is giving out money or if a company is getting money from the federal government more accurately, then yes, they should have to be non-discriminatory. Even, by the way, by the way, this is many times why people talk about, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with all of this, but you know why companies are not allowed to say, like, you're not allowed to walk into let me let me rephrase that if you were running a chicken sandwich shop right and you said hey no black people in this establishment we don't want any of those uh, negroes in our establishment right i'm not saying i'm going to do this i'm just saying like imagine if you did that right you would be sued and you would be thrown in you would either be fined or you would thrown in, i don't know what the punishment is but that's illegal and the the rationale behind that is that if you are running a business in a commerce area, remember the lo- the citizens are paying for the roads and they're paying for the, st- the street lights and they're paying for the parking and they're paying for this and they're paying for that. And they're paying for the police that make sure that your shop isn't robbed. So yes, we do have a say in what goes on in that business. Now, this is like I said earlier, it's not a matter of does the public have a say or not have a say in a private corporation. 
It's rather to what degree do we give the public a say? Because we have laws as the public makes laws that prohibit companies from doing certain things. So it's not, we don't live in the wild west where, you know, there's no government and anyone can do what they want as long as they have the power to do that. And I don't believe in a government like that. I don't believe in a society like that. I believe that we should be very hands-off for the most part, but there, be, there should be certain rules that we all play by. And this seems wrong. This seems on a gut level, this seems to me wrong. I have to disagree with that because look, there are so much logistics when it comes to giving an organ, you know, finding a match, finding a donor. It says here more than a hundred thousand people are on a transplant waiting list and only a fraction of those seeking a kidney got, got one in 2020. So it's such but a, whose fault was that? Whose fault? No was one's, that? it's no one's fault. No, it's, no, 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 no. Let, look, wait, 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 hold on. It is someone's fault. It is someone's fault because we spent so much time dealing with COVID that we completely forgot that people die of other things, cancer, uh, organ transplants. The amount of preventable deaths that happened because of these other things went up in 2020. That's just the reality. I mean, I don't think the statistic is talking about, you know, in a case of because of COVID, I think it's just talking about in a general sense that people are on the waiting list for years. I think even before there's so many people on the waiting list that always don't get it because there isn't a match. So if if they're if they want to give it to someone who has a higher chance of, of living, let's say you have two people and they're both matches for the same organ, and one person has a vaccine and one doesn't. Okay. And let's say hypothetically, I know you disagree and you're saying that you know their their immune system is is shot, but let's say they they are right. Okay. Like I said, I don't know, but if you have a higher chance of living with the transplant, if you do have the vaccine, because, you know, COVID-19 is very contagious and you could get it very easily, then why would I give it to the person who doesn't have the vaccine? That's a waste of an, of a purely good organ that can be used for, for someone else. If I was giving my organ, let's say, you know, um, God forbid, you know, something happens to me and, you know, I, you know, g- give my, uh, organs for donation, why would I want my, I wouldn't want my organs to go to waste. That'd be terrible. Well, number one, the reality is that the COVID vaccine doesn't even prevent someone from getting COVID. That's that's just not how the COVID vaccine works. There are other vaccines that are much more effective at preventing people from getting diseases. Right. So you have a higher vaccine, chance. Measles- okay, yes, people not do get the much. COVID, but yes, but much okay, less. Okay, but people. how many stories? How many stories have we heard about famous people getting the vaccine, being double, triple vaxxed, and then they get the breakthrough Delta variant? They get the this variant. Okay, but it's not that bad for them. First of all, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You're still going to get COVID. You can still get COVID. Well, it, that's the same it, reason. That's the same reason a lot of people don't take the flu shot because but it's, not, unlike, it's not about whether getting or not. It's about whether you're going to die from it or not. But that's not even true. There are people who are dying from the COVID vaccine. There are people who are dying from COVID. From the vaccine of, itself. There are people that die from the vaccine itself. Yes, that's why people are talking about myocarditis and this. I, I feel like that's for every vaccine. There's always going to be a percentage of people that don't react good to every to every vaccine. Yet you never hear it on the news. Listen, listen. The reality is, is that the polio vaccine has built a brand around keeping away polio. Most people would rather take their chances with, I don't know, myocarditis than risk not walking again right? COVID is not that big of a deal. Most people who get COVID, they end up getting over it. 
Yeah, that's people who aren't immune compromised, but we're talking about people who are immune compromised. Okay, but people who are on the waiting list for for organ transplants, they're not exactly in the best condition in the first place. So the idea is that, oh, you're going to punish someone because their immune system doesn't already work. Like, I don't see that. But I guess we're not going to agree on this. Uh, this is something we have to argue about in private because we're not going <laughs> to agree on this right now. We do have to get to other topics, Rody. So, but the, I guess the second thing is, is we that spend an hour um, on this. <laughs> we could spend an hour on it. It's it's a fascinating conversation about medical ethics. But uh, I, I actually, I, I do think that the this rule is designed to punish people. I think that's mainly why I'm against it because they can say all they want that this is about organ transplants and making sure it gets to the right person and making sure they're more likely to survive, yada, yada, yada. I don't buy it. I really do think this is the medical community, the medical industry flexing its muscle. This is Pfizer paying a company, paying the federal government to make rules. And then this company goes and they say, well, we want money too. So we're going to enforce the COVID vaccine. I'm sure there's money going somewhere. There's no way that this is completely kosher. There's no way that this is purely for everyone's best interest. I don't buy it one, one bit. I really do believe that there's something more sinister. And I guess the last point I want to make is that I don't think it's in the business of medical professionals to treat people or not to treat people based on what they believe is a risk assessment. So for example, let's say um, I'm playing, or let's say, you know what, let's say I'm a smoker, right? Let's say I'm a smoker and I smoke lots of cigarettes. I smoke all the cigarettes, right? And then I get lung cancer. Is it the medical doctor's business to, to, to scold me and say, you know, well, you you smoked all those cigarettes, so we're not going to treat you for cancer. You could just die right now. See you. Goodbye. Or is it his job to treat you? And even though you've made bad decisions, this applies to everything. We we make decisions in life and a doctor's job is not to sit there. I mean, like, yes, a doctor should tell you to make better decisions, but his help is should not be contingent on whether you make good decisions. Or you're right. But you're also coming up with the opinion of a normal system and not with scarce resources. This is in a scenario of scarce resources. It says here that, um, you know, crisis standards of care when, you know, they're allowed to pick and choose if they have. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Okay. All resources are scarce. All resources are scarce. That's what makes this an economy because there's a limited amount of resources. That's what makes them scarce. Even than you have a lot smaller than normal. Okay. No, it, even, even in, okay. Things cost money because there's a limited amount of them, no, right? I understand, but when you anything. have, when you have a hundred thousand people on the waiting list and only a fraction of those people are getting it, I would say that's a very small amount. And in that scenario, yeah, you might have to pick and choose between who gets it and who doesn't. You're right. And you want to know something? You want to know something? A doctor, if he's in an ER, he might look at two patients, one who's 25 and one who's 65. And he might say, well, the 25 year old's got a lot of life ahead of him. And 65 year old's kind of already had his best years behind him. So maybe we'll just, uh, maybe we'll just cure the 25 year old. But I don't know if I necessarily want these companies making these types of decisions. I think people ultimately should have the right to make the decision, the decision whether to get the COVID vaccine or not to get the COVID vaccine. Remember, there's more than there's more. It's more than one angle. There's, there's, we all, 
I don't know if you saw this, but the there were leaks from Pfizer saying that there were fetal tissue cells used in the production, not in the development, in the production of both the Pfizer and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And this has been verified by uh, and Johnson and Johnson came out and said it themselves about themselves. But uh, Project Veritas, they exposed Pfizer. They said that Pfizer was trying to hide that they use fetal cell tissues in the production of their vaccines. So if someone doesn't want to take the vaccine because they don't want to use aborted fetal cells in their body because they think abortion's wrong, well, why would you punish someone for that? That seems like religious discrimination. You're right, but that's the issue is when you have so many freedoms, I feel like they kind of a lot of times contradict each other or they'll, they'll collide with each other. So it's like, oh yeah, well, there's freedom of religion, but then there's also freedom of what, what do you say? Association with, you know, with the businesses. Association, which by the way, so it's like, well, way, which one do you listen to? Anymore, so what do you say? I said, we don't have it that much anymore because of things like non-discrimination oh, acts. That right? I don't if we had, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, freedom of association in its purest form would be a guy telling someone, oh, I don't like the color of your skin. So you can't come into my store. Or I don't like, I don't like your religion. I don't serve uh, Catholics. I don't serve Jews. I don't serve this one. I don't serve that one. That would be freedom of association, but we typically don't have that. And while I, on the one hand, I think on some level, people do have the right to associate with people they want to associate with, which is why, for example, uh, a synagogue is allowed to say, hey, we're only going to allow Jews to lead uh, services. We're not going to call up a Catholic. We're not going to, you know, because freedom of association, right? But on the other hand, if someone's in a commercial area, well, we throw those rules out the window because there's more, there's more at stake here in a commercial area because you can't, you can't run a society where uh, everyone's required to pay taxes, but then only certain people get to use the commerce area because everyone's a racist, right? If, if let's say you go to a town and everyone's racist, but you know, both white people and black people pay taxes, but only white people are allowed into the establishments. Well, I don't think it's fair because the black people are playing, paying for the police and the roads and the stop signs and the traffic guards and the school and this is so yeah they have the right to say hey listen you're you're in the public domain buddy just because you're the one collecting the profits doesn't mean uh we don't have the right to say you know don't discriminate against us because we also pay taxes and uh you're not using the land that we pay for fairly so so that's that's what freedom association is and yeah i listen it's a tough decision but ultimately i err on the side of freedom on this one no one should be forced to get this new vaccine that people really don't know the long-term effects of. And people have very legitimate concerns. I, mean, about I agree. I'm very for freedom of choice, you know, whether you want to get the vaccine or not, but I do understand where they're coming from. And in terms of, you know, when you have such a, like a resource, like a organ and that, and you know, you don't, when you have something so, you know, so valuable and, you want to minimize risk. And if someone has a higher risk of dying, I don't want, I wouldn't want that organ going to waste because it's such a valuable, it's, it's so valuable. An organ is so valuable. I, I just can't. It is. No, I, I don't want to just give it to someone who's just going to kill over because they didn't uh, take the vaccine, you know, assuming like, okay, that, you know, they, they will be better if they do take the vaccine and have a higher chance of, of living. In that case, I would say, even though you're right, I do believe it is freedom of choice, but 
you, like you said, you want to give it to someone who has a higher chance of living. You don't want to waste something like that. So then I have just one last question for you then on this topic. Where do you think that this needs, where, where's the limit that you're going to set on this? Because if, if this is not the limit, right? If you think that this medical company has the right to decide, Hey, listen, we're going to force, if, if, if they're going to get an organ transplant from us then they better be updated, they better get this new vaccine that just came out yesterday and they better get all the shots and they better. I mean, it's very complicated. So, it would be on a situational basis. I feel like. Right. So me personally, I'm, I'm looking at the COVID vaccine and I go, you know, it's great that it exists. It's great for the people that want it. It's I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even saying that facetiously. I think that if someone wants the COVID vaccine and they think it will make them safer. And it seems that on some level it does make people, I guess, a tangible amount safer, you know, why not let them get the COVID vaccine? I don't care. Get five shots, 10 shots, 20 shots. If that's what, if that's what gets you up in the morning, you know, by all means, it's just, this idea that we should be discriminating against people on this vaccine. It's not general vaccines. It's not all vaccines all the time. It's not all things all the time. I mean, it says it here that if you don't have other vaccines, they could say no. So I would just say, yeah, they, they do the same thing for other vaccines. I'm 100%. And on those vaccines, I'm much more willing to hear that this, uh, this healthcare system is using those other vaccines. 100%. At the same time, I think the COVID vaccine at the current moment is a bit different than that. I don't think it's the same thing. And I can't, I don't think you can treat it the same way just because they're both vaccines. Doesn't mean they're the same thing. All right. Well, um, we could leave that for another time. Maybe we could get a doctor on here. One, uh, if you want for another episode, um, maybe and- we could, we'll see. We'll see. He, he needs to be not a hack. Cause, uh, I found, no, you know, listen, we know, you know many doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how and we'll see how many of them will say things just because the their medical license will expire if they start being a crank um so right. we'll see so um, um right so we want to talk about the super cold this was this was another article that i saw and i did want to look at this article because it's it, it has to do with the same thing honestly um it's just two sides of the same coin oh no my new york times subscription uh <laughs> checked out oh well i guess we're gonna have to skip this i'm not paying for the new york times so screw that um <laughs> i'm not paying for that so i don't care all right next I wanted, I wanted to talk about it but it's just like i don't care i'm not paying for that it's like i'm not paying for that dish rag of a newspaper i want to call it news it's uh it's misinformation it's not uninformation it's misinformation mm-hmm. okay so let's i guess go we could like topic. you know another time just go and take a picture right before the subscription thing pops up and then read I should have done that. That would have see that would have been an intelligent thing to do, but I'm not a very intelligent person, so that's why I didn't do it. So if you're wondering why why uh, Luke didn't screenshot the article beforehand, well, now you know why because he's just not a very smart person. Uh, but I will just go over a couple of points from it, and you can look up the article yourself. It's not uh, it's not the end of the world. It does exist. It's on the New York Times. I believe the article is called "Is It Just Us or Does Everyone Seem to Have a Cold?" So this, this, this art, I don't know if it's an article or an editorial. It was probably a mix of two as, you know, as fake news is want to be. Um, this is more the acknowledgement. They just acknowledge that colds are, that the cold is pretty rampant now because of the weakened immune system, which a lot of people were saying at the beginning of these lockdowns, when we started locking down for more than two weeks, that this is not going to be good for us because people believe it or not, you know, their immune systems are strengthened from interacting with everything. And, you know, Remember when the subway in New York used to be like a very, very dirty place? 
with like homeless people. What do you mean and now, used to? <laughs> well, what I mean is, is that they still have a lot of homeless people, but they sanitize it all the time. And it's probably not good for us in the sense that it's probably good to interact with some germs. You know, that's probably very healthy. Yeah, they say in, it's in bad certain... to shower too much. Well, number one, because your scalp will get all dry, but uh, more seriously. No, because, um, you know, it, you know, some dirt's good for your immune system. You know, work, it builds 100%, up immune system. 100%. 100%. You know, my, you know, my grandmother, uh, you know, God bless her. She's uh, she's very um, anal about washing her hands all the time. And uh, I don't, uh, you know, I wash my hands on regular intervals, but I don't, I'm not constantly like scrubbing my hands. And I think that's good for me, honestly, like to kind of, sometimes you, your hands are a little dirty and that's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, no, that's totally what it is. But people forget that we have immune systems sometimes. I guess with COVID, people have completely forgotten that. Yeah, it's like a well-known thing. Like they'll say, like, I remember when we were younger, people would keep away from unhealthy foods. But like nowadays, doctors say like, no, like give your kid like peanut butter and, you know, unhealthy foods so they can build tolerance for it. And it's the same concept. It's like, you know, it's okay it's for the, them to roll no, around I think the dirt. I think you're confusing. I think you're confusing uh, two concepts. You're confusing unhealthy with things that can trigger allergies. You're right. But I think it's the same concept as like expose yourself to it. I'm fine. I wouldn't say expose yourself. Like don't go drinking poison, but like exp- <laughs> expose. No, the, the, no I, I know what you're talking about. I'll clarify for you. There was a study done in Israel that showed that Israeli children are less likely to be allergic to peanuts than children around the world. And that's actually because Israelis eat a lot of bomba. So bomba. Israeli children are regularly exposed to peanuts and therefore they never develop these allergies. And so that's the idea. You're, you're, People are anti-fragile. You ha- you have to build them up. You, if you if you try to protect them from everything, they get weak and then they get destroyed. You have to build them up. That's why you see like, you know, when you walk when you walk barefoot, you know, you get those calluses, but they they make your feet tougher, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how humans are built, right? So, and then I just remember they they made some creepy statements about being socially distanced. Um, I don't want to exactly say that because I don't have it in front of me and I don't want to say fake news. Um, but I remember like they were talking about, well, when we celebrated in the summer, when we thought COVID was over, we should have stayed more socially distanced. I'm like, then what would you be celebrating? You still have to stay away from everyone. Then what, what the hell are you celebrating? And then, you know, it's just like, it's just a matter of like, well, how long are we going to do this? How long are we going to be socially distant? How long are we going to go and, you know, avoid each other like the plague, you know, literally. Uh, and uh, I just find that very, very creepy. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. All right. Thanks for being with us this week. This podcast actually ran a bit long, so we're going to turn this into a two-parter. Make sure to follow in and tune in on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Audible, and Google Podcasts for amazing future episodes, as well as the rest of this one. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we look forward to seeing you next time.